Good morning, everyone. Good to see you out today. Uh, certainly on a day like today, uh, I told someone here a while back that I, uh, uh, I like when it rains on Saturday night because then the fields are a little bit wet, so farmers have to be here. Uh, so I apologize to any farmers that, uh, that if it rains on Saturday night, too many Saturday nights in a row. Uh, but, but I also, you understand a day like this when, when the forecast is really looked on the way up here and I get uh, 10, it was 90% at 11, 90% at 12, 90%. And, uh, and I know it's been easy to just, hey, let's just leave the windows open and stay home and sleep this morning with the sound rain. So I appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, just to be in, 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 in God's house, to fellowship together, to encourage one another. Uh, mine was a Lou Brock. I, I, I remember it almost like it was yesterday. Uh, when, I, when I got it, I looked at it to see which one I got, and mine said Lou Brock. Now, now I'd been more happy had it said Tim McCarver, because he was my favorite, but, but Lou Brock was right up there. So, so when I picked up my bat that day, it said Lou Brock, and I was excited. We, we went to a Cardinals game. Back, uh, some of you might remember this if, if you're, you're my age. Back when I was a kid, when you go to a Cardinals game and they had bat day, you, you got a full-size regular bat. Now, nowadays, I don't even know if they even give those little ones anymore because kids can thump each other in the head with them. But, but in my day, we, we'd get a full-size bat, and we'd go to a Cardinals game usually like twice a year. And my dad always picked a game that, that you got extra value. For instance, we always went on a doubleheader because you got two games. Now they do the daylight, you know, day night, so it gets two different tickets. But, but back then, one ticket got you two, two games. So my dad loved that value. And, and we always went when you got a freebie, either helmet day or, or something like that. But bad day was our favorite. And that day, mine was Lou Brock. Full size bat. I, I took it in my hands as, as all the kids did as they walked in the stadium and, and, you know, just took a couple practice swings, making sure I didn't hit my sister or anyone else. And, uh, it felt perfect. As I looked at that bat, it was shiny. There was a cardinal emblem in, uh, burnt in uh, on the label and at the end where it said Lou Brock. And I like, wow, this is great. When, when we got home, that was an afternoon game, but we got home about six o'clock. And as soon as we got out of the car, my brother jumped out and said, Let's play ball. And so we ran in, changed clothes. My brother and I came running out with our gloves and a couple couple balls and, and, and some bass that we had. And, and we laid them on the ground. And Rick said, I'll pitch first. You can hit first. That's when I was faced with the dilemma. Do I use my brand new Lou Brock souvenir bat that felt perfect in my hands? But, but see, I knew what happened to bats. Because our collection of bats that laid there were, some of them were dented and some of them were chipped and they were scuffed and you could see where, where the balls had hit on them and, and we'd toss them in the driveway and there was, you know, dents from the rocks and, 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 and when, when we were younger, didn't have this problem, but as we started to get older, we, you could actually start breaking bats if you, if you hit it on the end or didn't have the label right or got jammed with the pitch and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my bat, this gift that the St. Louis Cardinals had given me. And I'm thinking, do I want to use it or not? And, and so what I did was I laid my Lou Brock bat down and I picked up an old bat, which probably actually was a bat from the year before, maybe a Bobby Tolan that I picked up and, and, and used that because I didn't want to use it. The, 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 the reality is I'd, I'd received a gift. 
In fact, that day, I'd paid for nothing. My dad had bought the tickets. Uh, we didn't do a lot of concession stand stuff uh, with, with six kids, but, but the hot dog and the, the Coke that I got, dad had paid for that. The Cardinals had given him. I, I had no skin in the game. I'd received a gift, but I was afraid to use it. We're, we're going to look this morning, uh, and, and the title of the sermon today is Looking to Use Grace. If you have your Bibles, look with me in, in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to see there that Scripture calls us, that Peter's encouraging us to use the grace that we've received and use the grace that is ours to dispense to other people. If you have your Bibles, look with me. We'll start at verse 7 and read down through verse 11. Chapter 4 of 1 Peter. The end of all things is near. Now, I'm, going to, I'm just going to pause on a couple of these verses as we read through this. Uh, scripture writers, you see Paul, uh, uh, Peter here saying it. We've seen Paul say it. You see other scripture writers, and, and they all seem to think, seem to believe that that Christ was coming back soon. The early church dealt with that problem. Uh, Paul addresses the church at Thessalonica. They thought, "Hey, the Lord's turn is imminent, so so we don't have to do certain things." They all felt that the Lord's return was coming at any time. Uh, and and really, the lesson that we have to learn from that. So as we start off today really not part of the sermon, but I'll throw this in. As we start off today, Peter challenges us to live as if the end is near. So, so whether the Lord comes back today or tomorrow or next year, He didn't come on Monday during the eclipse, so we have to wait a little bit longer. No, no matter when the Lord comes back or whether He comes back for you at a specific time, we need to live, and that's Peter's example here, that's Peter's challenge to us, live as if, as if the end is near. The reality is life is short. The older you get, the, the shorter you realize that life is, and the faster it goes by. So, so Peter starts off and says, the end of all things is near. Uh, therefore, because that is true, because that's our backdrop, because that's a reality, the end is near, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Uh, there, there's about five sermons in this text, and I'm, not, I'm only going to preach one of them. But be clear-minded and self-controlled so you can pray. Above all, Love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Pretty cool idea. Let's love one another. Love one another deeply. We've talked about it several times. Verse uh, verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Look for ways to be nice to people, to offer hospitality, to invite people in. Now, now look at verse 10. Here's where we're going to jump on this morning. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Use the gift that you receive to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as if one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be glory and, uh, and the power forever and ever. Amen. I want to look at a couple things here this morning. First of all, I, I think Peter challenges us here uh, to see our abilities. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals gave me a bat, and their purpose behind that was to go hit baseballs. That's why they gave you a bat. Take the bat home and use it to hit baseballs. We have been given a gift. The, The gift of grace, and even within that gift of grace, Christ wants us to see, Peter's addressing it here, 
He wants us to see our abilities. And here's the first thing we notice is that it's inclusive. It doesn't say in that text, if you, if you look there, uh, uh, in, in verse, verse 10, it doesn't say the gifted people. It, instead, it says each one. It, it's not talking just to a few people there. It says that each one of us should use the gift that we have. The reality is we have all been gifted in some way. Now, I'm not sure what your gift is. If, if you don't know, you can come to me and I can try to help you find that or we'll get you some people around you that will bless you and, and help you find out what, what gift that is. But, but the reality is according to scripture. So, so if you're one of those people that say, well, I just don't have any gifts. I don't have anything to offer. Well, we'll take that up with Peter and take that up with the Lord here because it says each one is to use your gift. So you have been given some type of, of gift. The reality is that Jesus often used the least gifted and, and and the least influential people to do amazing things. When, when he called Zacchaeus, remember that story as they're, they're walking through uh, one day teaching in, in Galilee, and Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, who, who everyone had scorned, and, and we know the story of the wee little man, short guy, and he climbed up in a tree, and as Jesus walked by, he stopped and said, Zacchaeus, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm coming to your house. I, I want you to prepare a meal for him, for me. So, so Jesus used Zacchaeus... And, and what was the gift he had to offer? At the start, and, and we don't know a lot after, uh, of Zacchaeus after this, but for a start, the gift that he simply used was his house. He said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. And, and who did he invite? He invited tax collectors and sinners. There were Pharisees hanging on. He called all people to come so Jesus could talk about being included in the kingdom. He could talk about love and forgiveness and sacrifice. He used Zacchaeus who who had no friends except other tax collectors, who no one looked, looked to, had no influence except for the influence of, of collecting taxes. And he said, I'm going to use you. We, we see the story of the Samaritan woman that, that was at the, the well during the daytime at, at noon to get water. The reason she was getting water at noon so she wouldn't have to run into any of the other ladies because she was a lady with a past. She was living in sin. And everyone talked about her. And she wanted to gather her water when there was no one else around so, so she didn't have to listen to the whispers. She didn't have to notice the glares her way. So she went by at noon and she ran into Jesus. And Jesus told her all about, uh, about herself and, and, and even invited her to taste a water that would satisfy a living water. And the scripture says she, she got excited. This woman who no one would listen to, who, who, who she didn't want to be around others, went to talk to other people because she was excited. Jesus used simply her excitement as a gift. We talked a few weeks ago in, in our study in Mark that, that there was a, a lady sitting at the, uh, or, or in the temple. Jesus was sitting at the temple watching people make donations. And a, and a widow lady came in and threw in a couple copper coins, a couple cents worth of money. It was all that she had to offer. And I, and I know this lady probably felt like, man, I don't have anything. I cannot make a difference. These two coins aren't really going to bless very much. But, but she's known throughout history because Jesus noticed what she had to offer. Notice what gift that she had. Uh, and it was a gift of generosity to give what she, she did have. Over and over again throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus calling people who didn't think they were gifted, who didn't think they had much influence, and they simply used what they had. Here, here's what I want you to understand. is It's inclusive. When, when, when he calls us to look at our gifts, he's including all of us. So everyone sitting here today, you're included in this instruction to give your gifts. And that's the second thing. It's instructive. The reality is we are called 
to use the gift that we have. My wife used to work with a, a, a lady. She's retired since then. Uh, her name was Linda. Her husband's name was LG. Uh, Linda and LG are, are both retired now, never had any kids. And, and their kids basically are their cars. Uh, Linda used to drive this old pickup to work every day. Now, it wasn't a bad pickup. It wasn't rusty or anything. In fact, it was always clean and, and uh, a, a decent pickup. But she'd drive this old pickup. But, but what I didn't know for, for a while, then I, I figured out later on, is at home, she always had a brand new car sitting in the garage. Now, the first time I really remember this, some of you might know the era on this. I, I don't remember exactly. But, but I remember the first year they came out, I believe it was Dodge or Plymouth came out with the PT Cruiser. Anyone know what era, what year that would have been? Is that 90s, 2000? I don't know when, when it was. They first came out with the PT Cruiser. Linda went to her husband, LG, and says, I want one. And so she got one. And, and I remember Rita calling me from the bank and said, hey, come down here. LG's just picked up her PT Cruiser. I didn't know what one was yet. So I went down, and she had this, this bright maroon, beautiful PT Cruiser. Now, I, we got one as a rent-a-car one time. I didn't really much care for it. but uh, So if you had one, I apologize. Uh, but, but it was pretty, and Linda was so proud. And he took it home, and he put it in the garage. She sold it, I don't know, 10 years later or something. I, I don't it, it had less than 1,000 miles on it. Because it might rain, or it might get a paint chip. And so she drove her old truck, and she left this brand-new car. Now, now you think that's bad. Her husband had a Dodge uh, a quad cab dually pickup. Man, you would love it. He, he bragged to me one time. We were, we were by their house, and, 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 he, and it was about six years old, and he bragged to me, yeah, it's only got 500 miles. We, we once thought about buying one of their vehicles, but we were like, there's no way. <laughs> I, I, they, would, they would sit in judgment of it. Because every Saturday, they would drive those cars that hadn't been driven all week out in the part of their driveway and watch them. You know, all they had was a little dust from the garage and then park them back. And, and we wash our cars usually once, twice a year. And, uh, and today's one of the days that's getting washed. So... <laughs> Use your gift. Isn't that what Peter's really saying here? Uh, if, if you are included, and you are, because it says to each one of us, use whatever gift you have been given. Now, if your gift is one of, of financial genius and you're just really good with money and, or, or you've been blessed with a good job and you have extra income, then, then use your money if that's your gift. If, if it's prayer, use prayer. If it's teaching, then use it. If it's boldness, if you're one that doesn't, you know, isn't, doesn't shy away from just talking to people and encourage, then, then use your boldness. If it's encouragement, use encouragement. Over, over in Romans chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, keep uh, uh, Peter open, but look, look over with me in Romans chapter 12. And notice what it says there in verses 6 to 8. We have different gifts. Now, now again, Paul here is inclusive. He's not talking about, well, it's just a couple of you. He's talking about all of us. We have Different gifts according to the grace given us. Notice again, they're tying gifts and grace together. The grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, 
let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. We are, we are called to be included in the gift receiving, and we're called then to use that gift. In other words, don't keep your gift in the garage. Don't, don't take it out every once in a while and, and shine it up and like, man, I, I could really teach a lesson. Boy, I, I could really be generous if I wanted to. Man, I, I could be so bold and I could lead others to Christ. Don't just pull it out and, and clean it off a little bit and put it back in the garage. We're called to use our, our, our gifts. And, and what I find here is that it's impressive. The, the reality is that the church works like it should work. What is really impressive is that God uses all of us. He uses all of us to be a blessing to use our gifts. Uh, God can uh, use you. You are included. See your, see your accessibility. Here's the problem is that we often, we often miss our opportunities to serve. We often miss our opportunities to use our gift because we come at it from the wrong angle. Irwin McManus uh, says this, much of religious language has been focused on the don'ts rather than the do's. In the same way, we act as if the primary word from God is stop. We, we think that Scripture is all about telling us what we're not supposed to do, what we're supposed to stay away from. But he finishes that thought and says, when actually it is go. Do you, you realize that Scripture really is commanding us to be His disciples? It's commanding us to make a difference. It's commanding us to be a blessing to others. That, that's the problem. Is sometimes we miss that point that God has called you to, to make a difference with the gift that he's given you. With the grace he's shown you, you should, you should then show grace. And here's the principle. God doesn't just call us to serve in big ways. Sometimes we get, we, we get hung up because we think God has only called us to, be, to, to do big things. And we look at ourselves, and, and I'm as guilty as anyone else. I, I look at myself and say, well, I, don't, I can't do anything big. I, I, can't, I can't make a, an earth-changing thing so... So I guess God's not going to use me. And, and I know what happens in our churches. And I know what I'm sure happens in this church. We, we look up on a Sunday morning. We look at Johnny. And we say, man, I love that bald head. That bald is beautiful, right? And well, no, you look at Johnny and you say, man, I can't sing like Johnny. You know, let me rephrase that. We, we look at silence because <laughs> Johnny can't sing like silence. So Johnny's turning around looking. No, but... But we look and say, man, I, I, can't, I can't play an instrument and I can't sing and I can't get up there and lead. I guess God can't use me. Or, or we think of some of the leaders in our, our church and, and, and we look at Bruce and we I said, Bruce teaches the Sunday school class and every Sunday he opens up the Word and, and, and just going from a book of the Bible, he, he, he leads a class in a study of God's Word. I can't do that. Man, I'd be, I wouldn't know where to begin. I'd be scared to death and no one would listen to me i can't i can't teach i guess god can't use me or 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 we look at dana and and the seven or eight other ladies that that organized cadence closet and and from nothing have, have filled the upstairs of the parsons with stuff and, and 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 has blessed families uh throughout our county and a couple counties here here recently and, and you think man i can't organize I can never be in charge of something like that, a, a ministry. No, there's no way I can do that. 
I guess God can't use me. I appreciate that God uses some people in big ways. But really, what's really cool is that God uses all people. God uses all people in some way. Did, did you notice from the text several little things that he threw out there? Um, Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. You know, if you can do nothing else, if you have no other gift, do you realize you can pray? Do you realize that you can pray? Uh, and, and, and within that prayer, not, not just praying for someone, but, but, but God can embolden you then to let that person know that you're praying for them. Um, God placed someone on my heart this week that's loosely connected with our church, hasn't been here in, in a while, and God just placed this person on my heart this week and I prayed for them. And, and I'm excited about the opportunity I'm going to have. And I'm probably going to have to go make the opportunity happen. But I'm excited about the opportunity. And Jill, thank you for, for encouraging me this a, a few weeks ago. I'm excited that I can go to that person here real soon and say, you know what, I've been praying for you. you know, God just placed you on my heart and I've really been praying for where you are in life right now and for your family. Man, I'm excited about that. I, I, uh, I visited this week with Larry Harness at the, the nursing home. And, and Larry got talking. He said, I said, I need to make sure I get a bulletin every Sunday. Because I've been sending, I've been sending cards to the people in the bulletin for the anniversaries and birthdays. So, so at least the ones he has addresses to and that he can get ad- addresses to. And, and Larry's facing a, a, a change where he may not be able to be here on Sundays too often. But, but man, can you keep sending me the bulletin so I can keep sending those cards? Well, there's nothing I can do. Well, you know what there is. You can, you can simply, you can simply pray. Notice what that that text goes on. Not not just pray, but it talks about hospitality. It talks it talks about love. It talks about service. Uh, man, there is so much we can do if we just simply do it. And and so so really, what that's talking about is the practice. Uh, are, are we accessible to doing what God has called us to do? There are opportunities for you. Are you ready to practice it? And that really gets to the last point, and we'll finish here. We have to see God's appointments. We have to see God's appointments. The exciting thought is that God is, if God has given us gifts, if God's grace has fallen on you so that, that, that you've experienced it and then you can administer that grace to other people, if, if God has given you grace and then He's included you as one of the people responsible to dispense it. If God has included you in that, what is exciting is that we get to do that. We get to put it in practice. And and as God gives us appointments, He will provide the grace. But we have to be willing. The the reality, Erwin McManus, I mentioned him earlier, uh, has written a book, and I've mentioned a few times in the past, called Seizing Your uh, Seizing Your Divine Moments. And and his premise, his thought is that God gives us moments in time, that God has appointed opportunities for us to use our abilities, to use our gifts, to make a difference for Christ. It's whether we seize those moments. Uh, th- there's a guy named Terry Kendrick. He's from Carrollton, Missouri. I read this story recently. He was in a parking lot at a Walmart, and, and he found an envelope on the ground, and he picked the envelope up and you know, just out of place on the parking lot at Walmart, he picked it up and, and, and into the envelope was a $25 gift card and $70 in cash. Uh, 
there was receipt in there that 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 uh, that, that was for the gift card and and but no other name. So he went into Walmart and was somehow I don't know how how he did it, but was somehow able to figure out who had bought the gift card and track this kid down. He was a twenty year old kid, a young guy with a, a wife and a small child. Track this guy down to give him back his 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 gift card and seventy dollars. When he was asked later on, why did you go to so much trouble? Why didn't you just think, whoo-hoo, the Lord has blessed me today, a gift card and $70. Why did you go to so much trouble? And his answer was simply this, I'm a Christian. And I think that's what Jesus would have done. Now, the reality is Jesus just would have like, and he had been right there with that guy and could have handed it to him. But, uh, but that's how Jesus wanted him to do. God will give us grace moments if we're willing and if we're watchful. If we're looking for them, he will provide those moments. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I've mentioned it several times and preached a sermon on it months back, that God has given us those moments. God has challenged us with those moments and appointed those times where we're to show grace. Are you going to be willing? Are you going to be watchful? Are you going to be prepared for those moments? Steve Johnson worked with a uh, a group of uh, of troubled kids in the inner city in Denver. Uh, the, the kids had come from, as you might guess, varied backgrounds. Their their uh, their parents oftentimes were absent. Uh, dads in prison. Dads nowhere to be found. Moms struggling with addictions. And 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 Steve worked with these kids who found themselves uh, also in trouble. In trouble at school. In cr- in trouble in the neighborhood found themselves in the juvenile uh, uh, department of, of, of justice. And, and, but Steve worked with these guys, and he tried to, tried to show them and model for them the right way and what God wanted for their, their lives. And, and one day he lined up a service project, and he took, took a group of about 10 or 12 of these, these teenage boys to a small little church in inner-city Denver, and they, and, and they just did some odds and ends. They, they, they cleaned up some brush, and they painted a little bit, and just did a little bit of stuff. And when it came lunchtime, the... The ladies of the church, some, some elderly ladies provided them lunch. And so they were sitting in there and they were eating their sandwiches. And, and, and one little lady came up to these boys and said, I, hey, hey, boys, I just want to thank you for, for being here today. And the, the boys just kind of, yeah, yeah. And, and then she said this. She said, I just want you to know that you are an answer to prayer. You are an answer to prayer. Steve, on his way home at the end of the day in the van full of those 12 troubled youth began to talk about the day and then he said this hey boys did you ever think anyone would ever say to you that you were an answer to prayer God has called us God has called us to faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms you realize that you are an administrator of God's grace. He's shown you grace. He's gifted you with that. And you get to be the one to act for God, to be his representative. If you'll just simply use it. Let's bow. Father, what what a blessing uh, it is. What what an encouragement it is to know that you can use us. Father, I know there's some people here today that are thinking, "I, I don't have any talents. I don't have any gifts. How can God use me? But Father, you, 
You are inclusive uh, in this text. You use all of us if we're willing to be used. You've gifted us. And, and maybe that gift is just simply saying a prayer and encouraging someone. Maybe, maybe Father, that gift is just simply patting someone on the back or, or offering hospitality, a meal to someone that's struggling, to a young mother that needs the encouragement. Father, I, I don't know what those are, but the, the truth is you've called us to be your representative, to be the ones that take your grace and then plug it into people's lives. Father, uh, empower us to see those opportunities. Father, show us how we can be your administers of the grace that you've given us, that you've asked us to share in Jesus' name. Amen. God can and will use you. Maybe you're not going to be up front. Maybe no one's going to stand up and say a public thank you to you. Maybe, maybe what you do will just simply be behind the scenes. And You know, the truth is maybe no one will notice it but God. But if He's called you to use your gift, He's called you to give grace. We are called to give. Stand as well.